Welcome to I Am Ethos, a podcast about self-discovery, inspiration, and uplifting real-life stories from extraordinary people. Each week, we deliver the best inspirational stories and tips on how you can live an extraordinary life. Now here's your host, Joe Willow-Rose. Every now and then, we are faced with a dilemma. Do we do what we think is comfortable or do we do what we think is best but are fearful to do so? This episode is about discernment. How do we discern to live our lives doing what we think is best for us in the long run versus what's easy, comfortable, but knowing deep down is not what we really want. When my ex-husband and I announced our divorce to friends and family, a huge shock and awe occurred. Prior to our divorce, we tried everything we could to save our 18-year marriage. It was a decision that took years to culminate leading up to our divorce. After all, I had known and been with the same man since I was a teen. And so we made sure that we tried our best to save our marriage. We did all kinds of therapy and counseling, restoring date nights once or twice a week, family vacations, and other first aid save your marriage methods. After five years of this, we decided to call it quits and end our marriage. It wasn't easy, of course. Getting a divorce never is. But we knew deep down that we either stay unhappy with each other and give our small kids at the time a broken family life or start over and rebuild another life separately. We decided to do the latter because we both realized that if we could survive our divorce, we will do our best to treat each other with decorum and grace for our sake and for the sake of our children. The first two years of our divorce were the hardest. In fact, I wasn't even sure I could say this on a podcast, let alone tell the whole world. But something deep down told me that it was time. Perhaps telling you this story is part of my closure people often talk about when you divorce. Perhaps. In the end, I chose to speak out no matter how frightening this is for me. This is my discernment. To act and do in spite of the fear Because hopefully, while you're listening to this and are going through the same thing or something similar, and or whether you stay or end a relationship, you will ultimately discern the best decision for you. It was just another day in our household, or so I thought. It was Thursday. Time to wake up, pack the kids' lunch, 
and get ready to go to work. While getting ready for work, however, I started feeling ill and felt anxious knots in the pit of my stomach. What could this be? I grabbed a Pepto-Bismol bottle in the cupboard and took the maximum dose. After 10 minutes or so, I began to feel better. While driving on my way to work, I kept thinking about that morning. I couldn't shake it off. Strange, normally, I'm able to tune out when I need to focus. And boy, did I have to focus that day. I had an important new prospective client meeting later that morning, and I had to focus. I was presenting and speaking to stakeholders, board members, and powers that be. I couldn't be bogged down with a stomach upset. At least not now, I said to myself. And so I tried all I could to shake it off. Nothing worked. When I arrived at the office, I bypassed all of the pleasantries. Normally, I would greet everyone and say good morning, but this time I bolted straight to my cubicle. I took a few deep breaths and started to prepare for my client presentation. One of my teammates came by and offered some encouragement and wished me good luck. At least that felt good, and for the moment, I became grounded and clear again. Satisfied with my presentation preparation, I gleefully left the office for my client meeting. I had been working with Lucy from our Southern California office to get this new client. Lucy was a great partner for this project. We both had the same work ethic. We worked nonstop, day and night, pulling in countless hours that for the most part was enjoyable, believe it or not. This project allowed my creative juices to flow freely in spite of the hard work. And that morning, I was fully satisfied that we did all we could to make this new prospective client sign up with us. I purposely left the office an hour before the meeting so that when I got there, I could just relax. Lucy was already there straight from the airport. I had spoken to her almost every day since the project began, but I had never met her in person until that morning. Lucy was very pleasant and had a nice energetic presence. And so we bonded immediately. We went to the cafe located at the bottom floor of the client's building and we started asking each other about our family life. And then there was a slight pause. And I remember Lucy kept looking on her left side, on me, and on her left side again. I thought, how odd. Then she leaned over and said, I hope you don't mind if I tell you something that may or may not shock you. Quizzically, I began to feel nervous, but intrigued at the same time. I gazed back and said, sure, I'm game. It was at that moment that changed my life forever. I could tell that Lucy was as nervous as I was. I mean, 
Here are two accomplished executives that were joined together to meet an important, well-known Silicon Valley prospective client. And all I could do was to brace myself for what Lucy had to say. To this day, a decade later, I can still remember Lucy uttering the words, I am a clairvoyant and I have an important message to tell you. I was like, what? Am I on a twilight zone? What is this? Here we were just a few minutes away to giving the presentation of our lives and you spring this on me? Perfect timing, I thought. There were so many things I could have said to utter my disappointment, but all I could say was, cool. That's it. That was it. Cool. Lucy at that point realized that although cool was not a negative response, she immediately changed the subject, citing my uneasiness of her confession. Happily, the client meeting went well without a hitch, and by the end of it, we had a brand new multi-million dollar client. What a crazy morning. Oh, but wait, this story gets juicier. After dancing the jig on the elevator, excited to celebrate all the hard work we put in for landing this new client, Lucy stopped, grabbed my arm with a serious look in her face and said, my flight doesn't leave for a couple of hours. You wanna grab some lunch? Without hesitation, I said, sure. We decided to go back to the cafe in the building and have lunch there. As soon as we ordered our lunch at the counter, we sat down in one of the booths. Not a minute upon sitting, Lucy asked, are you happy? Whoa, I knew Lucy in a professional capacity, but wasn't this a little presumptuous? I mean, I didn't know her that well to open up that intimately, I thought. But as soon as she had asked that question, I began to sob like the floodgates just opened up and there was no stopping it. Lucy was very sympathetic and kind and certainly was not surprised by my emotionally charged reaction. When I flooded the table with my tears, I looked up and said, as a matter of fact, no, I'm not happy. I told Lucy that my ex-husband whom I had been together with for 18 years, and I were in a verge of separating. That I no longer felt the same passion with my work as I did before, even though I enjoyed working on this project. And that I felt deep down that I was meant to do something more with my life, but that I felt stuck. All of this and more came out of my mouth like a high-speed train, Without a care in the world, I just unleashed all of the frustrations, guilt, anxiety, and stress I had been holding on to. At that moment, all the logical thinking went out of the window. No judgment, 
just a pure discerning act to tell the truth. After my full outbreak, I noticed my phone kept buzzing and then I realized that I hadn't called my boss for the update. I called him back and told him the good news. Then he said that I should take the rest of the day off because I deserved it. What a lucky break. I was just going to let him know that I was taking the rest of the day off, but he beat me to it. Coincidence? Nah. Now I know there's no such thing. Lucy and I stayed at the cafe until she had to leave to catch her flight back home. She told me some amazing things about me, my potential future, and validated recent occurrences in my life. I was blown away. And to be honest, it was frightening and calming at the same time. So strange because I hadn't felt so alive for the first time in a long while, and yet doubts about her revelations were equally as strong. Lucy said that I will be living in or around Washington, D.C., and that she saw me working with children and families. Now, for people that know me, I had wanted to live in the D.C. area since I was a teen when I stayed with my mom's friend, Aunt Pat, who worked at the State Department. It was during that time that my passion for politics was born. So much so that while in college, I interned for the then Lieutenant Governor of California, Leo McCarthy, one of the greatest politicians I know. I saw myself working in the State Department in some kind of capacity, working with children's welfare or non-governmental agencies that would help children and families live better lives. That was my dream and what I wanted to do when I grew up. Lucy validated that lingering passion back to me. For many years prior, I managed to brush it off and tuck it away deep down my psyche, never to be seen in the light again. But here we were, Lucy managing to help me open up this forgotten passion and something inside of me became alive again. When it was time for Lucy to leave, I had a distinct feeling that she and I will be friends for a long, long time. So what happened since that great reawakening? The following day, I tended my resignation. My boss and teammates were shocked beyond belief. Upon writing my resignation letter, I felt the two-ton weight that I'd been carrying around for years came off of me. I hadn't even thought about the consequences to tell the truth. I didn't think about how I was going to support myself, knowing that someday soon, my husband and I will be separated. What then? This was the critical discerning moment for me. My decision, however, was swift and precise. My ego had no chance for rebuttal. That night, I allowed my spirit, my essence, to dictate my actions and to lead me 
to an unknown territory that normally I would be afraid to venture. This time, the fear was gone once I made up my mind to do what I must, to have another chance to live a life I was meant to. Sure enough, Lucy and I became close friends to this day. During my transition to creating a new life for myself, she and I called each other every day for at least a year. Lucy helped me go through the dark moments, the lighter days, and the roller coaster ride. Lucy became the sister I never had. As for living in the DC area, about nine months after that day, I packed my belongings and drove cross country with a friend to Alexandria, Virginia, where I lived for almost a year. While in Virginia, I created a holistic company and volunteered to numerous children and family welfare organizations that to this day, I am actively a part of. Things to ponder. Think of a time where you wished you had made a decision to turn right instead of left. Where you wanted to say yes, but instead said no to a critical moment in your life. On a piece of paper, draw a line in the middle. On the left side top page, write what I wanted. On the right side, write what I decided to do. Below this, write the top three things you felt were critical discerning moments for you. Now, look at your list on the left side and then ask yourself, am I still passionate about doing these things? If you answered yes, then down below the page and still on the left side of the paper, write the action steps you will need to do to make this become a reality for you. Follow these steps and or reinvent your own. Have fun with it. The more you do this, passion will become alive for you. And whether they come from doing action steps on your list or not, the idea is for you to feel and become alive again. You will also find that when you are in this state of high vibration and positive nostalgia, new passion and creativity can emerge out of nowhere. Allow it to flow through you. Allow it to come alive and engulf you with joy, happiness, and peace. That is the idea. When you discern and act on a choice, you are allowing the experience of that choice to flow through you, thus expanding your awareness of this act. You discern that 
which you know to be true for you. You begin to pay attention to your true emotions, your true essence, your true being. Just as I had made a discerning act to separate myself for what no longer served my highest good, you can do the same. It will take some courage and understanding, yes. But if you want to change your life, or better yet, when you begin to listen to your higher calling and discern what is real and what is not in your life, you will begin to live again. You have allowed expansion and greater awareness to capture the true essence of you. You will know this when you are in a state of joy and happiness, regardless of what is happening around you. Serendipitous moments will occur, which will bring you to a life you had never imagined. It won't be easy, and it certainly won't be roses and wine all the time. But you would have allowed yourself to be you again. Until next time, I send you many wonderful blessings and love. Thanks for joining us this week on I Am Ethos. Be sure to tune in next week for our next exciting episode.